Travel Writer Show on J Air 88 FM in Melbourne. And that was Tina Arena with a beautiful French song that translates as To Love Till the Impossible. And that leads us into the next story, which is the French-owned hotel group Accor, the largest hotel group in Australia. In Victoria alone, Accor has 73 hotels and a total of 11,800 rooms. Graham Kemlo spoke with Sarah Derry, who is the CEO of Accor Pacific, about new hotel developments in suburban Melbourne and also the impact of the Olympic Games on its Queensland business. Sarah even shares the places she prefers to holiday when she takes a break, and her answer might surprise you. Well, welcome back to Travel Writers Radio, Sarah Derry, CEO of Accor Pacific. Sarah, we were talking, as you remember, last week, and we were unceremoniously dumped. Just as I was about to ask you about your new development out at Box Hill and the strategy around having suburban, maybe even if more of a suburban hub than just any old suburb, this idea of putting uh, fairly good-sized hotels in, into suburban areas now, is it, it's not as simple as you run out of land in the city, is it? Absolutely not. And it's great to be back with you, Graham. Thank you. Um, the the reality is that, you know, our guests uh, want choice and what they're looking for is consistent quality as well, really good amenities and Part of what we can offer is that consistency, the loyalty benefits, and obviously the great service. So that's the reason that we are starting to look beyond the cities into suburban parts of the major cities, but also into regional areas. So you're right, last week we announced uh, the Novotel Box Hill. That's going to be a great area. There's a lot of um, development that is happening there. There are offices, there are hospital facilities, there's education facilities. So, you know, it's time that um, we had this sort of development in a place like Box Hill, but also this week I've been in Queensland, up in far north Queensland, where I'm actually speaking to you today, up in Cairns, and recently in Townsville, looking at those regional areas as well. So there's a great opportunity to put really good quality accommodation into those areas where the populations are growing and they're fantastic tourism destinations as well. Right. And um, I I gather you've also got uh, some thoughts about Brisbane and the upcoming a few years away but still upcoming olympic games there uh what's what's the cause uh, response to that opportunity i guess you'd call it well when we think about the olympics uh, in brisbane well really in queensland because it'll be in brisbane also other parts of queensland as well right. it uh, nine years seems like it is uh, not that far away um, in some ways. So, you know, you've got to remember this, it takes time to develop hotels, to convert hotels. And not only that, we'll be seeing uh, sporting groups, we'll be seeing groups arrive well before the Olympics. So we do need to make sure that we've got a real variety of offering uh, in different parts of Brisbane and surrounds. So we're really excited about uh, Brisbane in particular. The market's gone from strength to strength. We've seen a shift uh, in the last few months from what had been really the last year and a quarter, incredibly strong leisure, and we're starting to see the corporates return, the mice and the events returning as well. So that's uh, the meetings and events is coming back as well. Right. What is the average time from uh, sort of from your engagement with a with a hotel? Now you you don't build them, you occupy them, but and run mm. them. But what sort of time frame would there be for you? Is it a three or four year 
uh, process? Look, we can be talking to a particular developer and owner, you know, five or six years out from when that hotel will actually open. And that's um, from those initial feasibility stages as to what sort of hotel, what brand. Um, once the hotel is obviously the, the construction started, um, you know, depending on the, the different location, but yes, usually two to three years. And we get involved from a management perspective, usually anything from 12 uh, to six months out from the opening of a hotel. Right. Now, um, uh, you've got a lot of brands uh, under the Accor banner. Uh, I don't think all of (laughs) them are in the Pacific region that you operate. Are there still some interesting brands to come to Australia, do you believe? Absolutely. Uh, particularly excited about some new brands that we're going to be seeing coming into the market. So we have um, 19 of our 42 brands here in the Pacific, so we've still got quite a few. Yeah. We actually launched the uh, handwritten brand at uh, the beginning of this year. We had our first opening of the handwritten, the Wannell in Perth, and we'll also be operating um, a property in Sydney, the Morris, as a second-hand written. So that's one brand that we brought into the market this year. Right. Also, very exciting under our Ennismore uh, partnership, which is part of a core. Um, that's our lifestyle brands we're going to see. Um, we've got the Mondrian on the Gold Coast, which is under construction right now. That's residential as well as hotel and other facilities. Um, that would be an absolute standout property. We've got also opera, um, brands like Joe & Joe coming into New Zealand. We've got Hyde coming into New Zealand. So really the, the lifestyle brands are making a, a big sort of impact here in this part of the world right now. Right. And, and is that based on feedback from your customers that they're looking for something other than your stock standard vanilla room? I think at the end of the day, the customers are looking for choice and one customer can have three or four different experiences and they might be traveling for leisure and so it might suit them to be in an overtel with their family. They might be at a conference and therefore Sofitel makes sense. They might be having you know a great weekend away and so a lifestyle property which is really heavy in food and beverage in the experience element is, is what they're going to want. So the customers are really telling us that they do want that variety. What is exciting about what Ennismore is doing and these brands we're seeing with the core coming into the market is that they are very much about the social spaces. So the lobbies are really exciting places to be. There's often a bar, there's coffee, there's a library area. You can sit and work in those spaces. And then there's, you know, perhaps a great rooftop bar. Uh, There's also a great restaurant um, that people are coming from. You know, the locals are coming as well as those who stay in the hotels. So that's one of the reasons that Lifestyle is so popular at the moment is because they do such a great job in the overall experience. And I still believe people want experiences after the last few years. Yeah, I agree with you. And what do you feel about... uh Sustainability, it's obviously a hot a hot topic, but from a hotel <laughs> perspective, it's fairly onerous, isn't it, in terms of uh, compliance and certification and all the rest of it? Absolutely. Accor Globally is um, very invested in making sure we are a leading sustainable organisation. I often say about sustainability, it's not a competitive advantage because all of us need to be doing it in the industry and right across all businesses. So it shouldn't be seen as a competitive advantage, but we want to lead the way. We want to make sure that we're doing our part as the largest operator in this part of the world. So last year um, in 80% of our hotels, we removed 43 individual items in hotel rooms. Uh, Single-use plastics was our first step in that direction. Yeah. We're working, obviously, on um, energy and you know improving our carbon footprint. This year, a couple of big focuses we have is food waste. That um, has a very detrimental effect on, obviously, the environment and our communities. And also, um, uh, single-use water bottles. We are removing this year um, 
in, if we can, every single hotel, single-use water bottles. That's a big ambition we have. So guests will have the opportunity. We will have free-flowing water in the hotels. They'll still have an opportunity to have access to that, but it won't be with single-use plastic. So that's a, that's a big challenge. Uh, it's one that I'm excited about as well. But the reality is that um, this cannot just be about what we say we're going to do. So we also believe in making sure that we've got the right accreditations. So you're absolutely right, Graeme. We're working with um, Ecotourism uh, Australia yeah. and we're working on certification with them. So we're actually piloting that in Queensland. I'm actually at one of the hotels in Cairns where we're going to be piloting this certification, uh, the Novotel Cairns Oasis, and I was uh, on Tuesday uh, in Brisbane at the Novotel South Bank in Brisbane there, which is also piloting it. So we are sort of leading the way with Queensland in, you know, getting this certification because these are the standards that we need to be accountable to and it's important that we make sure that we're measuring and following up on everything we do. Yeah, well, well that's great. Now, can I just ask you uh, from mm. a personal perspective, you've you've been uh, heading up a Core Pacific now for uh, more than 12 months. <laughs> yes. Um, it's it's a male dominated industry at at the top still. How how do you <laughs> how do you find it? Uh, and I don't want you to dob any of your colleagues in, but like how how do you find uh, you're in the role? You've burst through the glass ceiling. What's it like? Yes, I've got the best job in the world. Um, yeah. I absolutely, genuinely believe that. I mean, you know, Accor is an incredible company. The culture is amazing. Our team are second to none and you know we've got great hotels and we're the leader in in this region so i'm you know i'm very excited i see it as a privilege having this job what's it like um as a leader and obviously a female leader um there is still a lot of work to be done and that's the reality and um, i'm very focused on that um just to give you an example we have in our business 55 percent um female in terms of our employee base and unfortunately as we move through the ranks you go to supervisor executives and so on, you know, it drops dramatically. So we have a lot of work to do to make sure that we have the right representation of women across our own business. So we've got work to do at Accor. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, there's many times I am lone female in a boardroom um, or in a meeting. Mm. And look, I, you know, I feel that um, I get very uh, generous support. Uh, but there's no doubt that there are times when it's challenging and um, we need to make space. I really truly believe we need to make space for everybody because diversity is really good for business and it's not just about gender. It's uh, LGBTIQ+, it's in our First Nations space. I, I genuinely think if we want to be a great industry, we want the very best talent and the only way to do that is to have diversity. So I wish I could tell you uh, with two teenage daughters that um, it was all going to be great for them in five, <laughs> ten years' time. Yeah. I don't – it's going to take a lot longer. But, right. um, yeah, I, I think, you know, there is a lot, lot of commitment, certainly to Cordham, to make some change. Right. And just finally, uh, uh, Sarah, when when you decide you're going to take a vacation, where do you go? <laughs> no, I don't necessarily – I don't want to know your next booking, but what's the – place in the world that you really love? <laughs> um, I'm going to give you two very diverse answers to that because I work for a French company, but I promise you this is not why I'm saying it. But I do, Paris has a very special place in my heart and my family's heart. Um, it was the first place I went on an international holiday, you know, obviously in my early 20s. Yeah. Um, so I love Paris. Yeah. Um, but equally so, I'm proud of having been, um, had the experience of, you know, living and growing up in Queensland and far north Queensland. 
and there's a beautiful little spot just off Townsville called Magnetic Island that is yeah. kind of like a secret paradise. So, um, you know what? I go from absolute luxury uh, right through to, you know, simplicity of an island like that. I think that's uh, that's fantastic. Well, thank you very much for sharing a little bit of your life with us <laughs> and your busy work schedule. We, we do appreciate it, Sarah. Thank you so much, Graham. I'm always happy to talk. And that was Graham Kemlo speaking with Accor Pacific CEO Sarah Derry, often the lone woman in the boardroom. And she says there's still a lot of work to do. Well, how do you feel about that? I threw the question in about uh, Sarah being, you know, obviously someone who's broken through the glass ceiling. Uh, and, I, and she's been there 16 months. And I sort of said, well, you know, how is it going? And I didn't really ask her a very specific gender question, but that's the... Uh, that's the answer that, that she gave me. And she was pretty honest about it. How do you feel? This is an industry, while it might be majority women working uh, across the board, as soon as you get up to the uh, C-suite, almost invariably, it's blokes. And she's one of the very few. I must, I must say, she's probably the most articulate hotel CEO I've ever spoken to. But ha- how do you feel, Belinda? You're, you know, even in journalism, there's... Uh, there's probably a majority of women uh, who are in our position writing uh, and broadcasting and rattling on about travel. How do you see the whole thing? Oh, yeah, travel is um, yeah definitely dominated by women. It wasn't that case when I first came into it, um, but it yeah on on the on the floor it is predominantly women who are writing, travelling, and reporting. But your and, editors yeah, are. You know, they're mostly, yeah, most of them are male. Um, right. It depends. In the smaller media, then then there's a lot mm. more uh, women publishers, sure. definitely, which is really great to see. Um, but, you know, I've, I mean, I did my, you know, I, I worked in hospitality for years, like anybody who's ever put themselves through university, and it was very obviously a, a skewed between the two of them, you know, mm. that, that you've got women on the floor and that's not reflected up in the boardroom. And I think, you know, I think Sarah is, is fantastic. I've, I've met her a few times and you know listening to her interviews as well I think that um, she's a great representative you know is a great advocate for women in the boardroom and and I, I was really pleased when I heard of of her appointment as well but it is it's a little disheartening to find that she still is possibly the only woman on the table and yeah. I, I, don't, I mean I don't know how it's going to change how do you think it changes you don't, you know you don't have to have quotas and things like that you know that's a massive argument that we've seen uh, you know even go right up to the top of the highest echelons of politics whether or not we have quotas to promote women in these industries maybe you know that story of the the woman who started cleaning rooms becomes a CEO I mean that takes Surely we've moved past that, haven't we? This is the Travel Writer Show on J Air 88 FM in Melbourne.